Hey everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast, also known as The Sap. It's your host Dave Neal. How's everyone doing today? Happy Father's Day to all of you out there. This episode comes out the Monday before Father's Day, so plenty of time to send this to your dad. Who started Father's Day anyway? I'll tell you. June 19th, 1910, a Father's Day celebration was held at the YMCA in Spokane, Washington. Spokane or Spokane? I don't know. By uh, Several local clergymen accepted this idea, and on June 19th, 1910, the first Father's Day happened. Sermons honoring fathers were presented throughout the city. So this episode is for you, dads of the world. If you're a father or have a father, take the time, make a good phone call. The hardest part, I feel like, about Father's Day is to actually tell your dad something, to tell him something specific that, that makes them a great dad. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you got to do. Right, Tasha? Should I call Luke? That was my thing I was wondering. Should I call Luke or should I just talk about it? I feel like I want to... I wasn't going to do this. Let's call Luke. Because I, you know you know that I would never do this on, like, actually... I'm going to call my stepdad. Stepdads have it hard because they got to take you, like, where you're at. They don't get to build you up. It's like buying a used car. Right? Yay, what's happening? What are you doing? Nothing. You got a minute? Yeah. So I'm I'm recording um I'm actually recording my Father's Day episode, so I wanted to actually just I, I, I was encouraging people to share a specific happy moment that they've had with their dads and I wanted to share one with you. Okay. Mo Von Camp. Remember that? That's, I absolutely do. <laughs> I was just I was talking about that. Uh First of all, I spoke about that moment to Uncle Jim when I was down in Florida. Oh, man. And with uh, with Tom that works in the office, I said, it's probably one of the most happiest moments for me. The funniest part is you renting a giant video camera. <laughs> like a shoulder-mounted one. Like in today's world, this... Yeah, the today's today's world a cell phone would have gotten way better quality. But the best part about fifty times better pixels. Trying to do the math, I was in sixth grade and I remember because you you know you know how it is with my mom is that I just would never ask for anything because we kinda grew up not, you know, needing much. Right. And Mo Vaughn camp, okay, Mo Vaughn was the, you know, all star baseball player of the Red Sox, you know, larger than life superhero right. and I'm in sixth grade. Yeah, he was the, he was he was the pre poppy. Oh man, he was. He was uh, just a and a great dude, and uh, and he had a hitting camp, and it, it, which you know. And I remember you were driving me to school in your box truck, which was this really. Cl- yeah. do, you, do you remember the one I'm talking about? Oh yeah, it's That's just really yeah, yeah. This old box truck, and the cab was tiny with this like synthetic tan leather interior, and you know, it's full yeah. of tools. But I just remember leather, like leather I just remember because it was like. I didn't, I, I don't, it wasn't a possibility to me, and you just said you would make it happen. So, thank you. Yep. Uh, Very, it's just interesting how specific certain memories are. I know, I know there's a ton of other ones, but I wanted to share that one with you. I'll call you, um, I'll call you later, because I, uh, I just booked my flight, so I'll be home in a few weeks. Okay. Right. So, so get, ready to put, get ready to put me to work, and um, I'll, I'll give you a call again on Father's Day, but I just wanted to give you a shout out. Good. Right, I'll talk to you later. That's Luke, greatest stepdad out there. You know, it's interesting. Call, call your dads. Just give him a specific. 
you know, it's it's easy to generalize. We love the whole like you're the best, but it comes down to like specific moments that we have. And uh, Tasha, you want to call your dad? No. <laughs> Why not? You nervous? Yeah, it's hard to share your emotions. It's hard for me to share my emotions. I almost got choked up. Move on, hitting camp in sixth grade. That was a special thing. Funny, funny part is I became a pitcher after that. <laughs> Went to a baseball camp just to learn how to hit a ball. How'd it go, Dave? I became a pitcher. Uh, but um, we've all got we've all got those out there. Before Luke came around, you know, Father's Day was tough. I mean, it's, it was always tough because I was raised without a dad. And in art class in school, you'd have to, you know, you'd have to, you know, have to make a Father's Day card. And I'd always be like, all right, well, I'm guessing, you know, my mom would be like, give it to your one of your uncles. So I had to put that weight on their shoulders. Be like, happy Father's Day, Uncle Craig. <laughs> be there for me. Anyway, uh, one day out of the year, we get a chance to really have an excuse to offer our gratitude and our love for our dads. So here's to all the fathers out there. You're going to love this episode. Uh, talk about people from different uh, parts of the world. We've got Brian Day, whose parents were um, immigrated here from Mexico. Uh, conservative dude, a very smart, uh, funny stand-up comedian. Very funny. And um, completely different viewpoints than maybe uh, some might have out there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing when we can have conversations about our dads. We have a conservative, Tasha Courtney over here, a feminist. Myself, Dave Neal, whatever you want to call me, uh, codependent, <laughs> and uh, for us to get around and have common commonality, just uh, based on sharing sharing stories about the ones that we love, uh, that's what it's all about. This is what discourse is all about, and a conversation is all about. You know, not just being online fighting over you know what what um, ideologies you believe in. You know, how about let's break it down. We're all lucky to be raised by good people. And you know what? You might have had a piece of shit father. My real dad, you know, God bless his soul. I, I never got to make him a Father's Day card. I never knew him. And um and I knew I knew I knew he uh I I, I know in his last days in his when, when he knew life was coming to an end, he had great regret for not being a great dad, you know, and uh rather than have any regrets for our generation, I think we just start off new every day you know we live with our past with all the baggage of our past but you know we don't need to we can start fresh start fresh with your relationships with your family you know the first step is uh you know lowering the expectation whatever you feel like your parents might owe you or you know you might feel like you've neglected a son it's never too late to open the channels for conversation that's what this podcast is all about conversation have an excellent one everybody Again, call the ones that you love. Let me know how it goes. Send us an email, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. And hey, I got a brand new website for you guys, sexactuallypodcast.com. I got the mailing list on there. If you want to go to sexactuallypodcast.com on your phone or desktop, wherever, you'll see you can sign up for the mailing list and get up-to-date photos and video and all that fun stuff. So enjoy this episode. Happy Father's Day, everybody. S-A-P, baby. We started. Which one do you want? Do you have a flavor choice? I don't care. <laughs> really? Which one? Which one would you want to explore on this journey? Pamplemousse or um, lime? These are tough. To, is this going to sway the way this whole conversation goes? <laughs> there might be somebody listening who needs love. I'll lime it up. There we go. I'm doing pamplemousse. Immediately, then. somebody just unsubscribed. You took lime. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. That's a. 
That's a voice we've heard years ago. Brian Day in the house. How are you, buddy? Dude, man, I'm so glad to be back. You, you, we great. podcasted a while back. Tasha, you weren't there. Uh, Tasha yeah. Courtney, everybody. I'm Dave Hello. Neal. Hello, new people. Um, it was, um, I, I, it was a, maybe with Jenny Zagrino and Dave Lucas. Could that have made sense? It was Dave was there. It was one that we did just out in the public. It oh, was like a l- out uh, and about. L- Lori Marie was there. That's who it was. Was she? Yeah, we were outside of a Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. That was my that wasn't my wow. my fat days. We podcasted outside of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, that is not a good look for us. Right yeah, now. I feel so sick right now. We had French toast for breakfast oh. and like a lot. Of, I had four slices and Dave had six slices. Sorry to blow up your spot. At but least six. Yeah, I even ate the end. I even and ate I feel the end like slices. almost loopy from like all the show. You know what I mean? Just, like yeah, you're just basically eating like bread with <laughs> well her dietary restrictions are no grains no sugars but she's allowed maple syrup that's like the only sweetener she's allowed and stevia I'm and stevia maple so and we stevia. are completely abusing the system and we've actually gained weight <laughs> by, trying, by, by not eating sugar because we'll cheat we'll find a way we'll be like oh syrup cool all right well i'm gonna put yeah, syrup like, in no my muffin gluten, mix but we find gluten-free bread and make french toast so, so. anyway uh this is actually going to be our daddy issue Hello. Because it's Father's Day, so That's happy. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy Father's Day to you. Well, this happy this Father's this will come out the Monday before Father's Day, but I felt like this would we'd we'd kick it off with Father's Day. And um, is your your dad is uh, first generation? Are you first generation? I'm first generation. My dad moved here from Mexico in 1977. And, wow. And you're a, and you're a mid 80s baby. I'm, no, I'm late 80s. Are you late 80s? Oh, yeah, shit. I was born in 89. I was trying to make you my age. No, you're <laughs> you're mid-80s, aren't you? No, not at all. Okay, good. So my career is just not as far as I want it to be. Nice. <laughs> you ever do that? You line up other people based on how old they are? It's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, once you start talking about like ages and things like that, and then once you realize you're the oldest person in the room, all of a sudden you just like your coolness level just goes down. Oh my right? gosh, we we <laughs> were felt that. we were at dinner the other night, and uh, this girl introduced her boyfriend, and he he's 24. Ugh. He's an army guy, and he's 24, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I've got nothing in common with him. He was, uh, uh, quick math. I mean, he was like. Eight years old when nine eleven happened, I was probably off with my math. That's insane. But maybe yeah. seven years. And you know what I mean? I'm just like, holy shit, we've we grew up in a different time. Yeah, like, you don't that know what AOL is Messenger is or <laughs> MySpace. I mean, the thing is, like, you definitely you said you don't have anything in common with this guy. I'm sure you have something in common with him now that you're both adults. But like, when you're a kid, that age difference would have been. Like, I'm telling you, I've never felt more like 33 than talking to a 24 year old. It's true. Or not talking to him. He had nothing. Wow, to yeah, s- you're almost a decade older than Do you know him. what I mean? That's a yeah. wild age difference. Dude, and- <laughs> yeah, I, I did a, a college show a couple months ago. And when you're walking around a, a campus and you just see just kids, like Children. 18, 19, you're like, I am freaking old. Yeah. Like, I feel like a cop's going to arrest me at any moment. I, like, I'm not even doing anything wrong. I'm well, I work next to Santa Monica High School. Oh. So there's track practice at, at whatever <laughs> o'clock. And it sounds creepy just telling you that there's track practice because these chicks run by in what I cannot describe even as booty shorts. They're like, they're like, if you take volleyball shorts and grab them by the back and lift them up 
and then they go running through There's traffic. Like cheeks out. Cheeks everywhere. Lower lower butt uh, cleavage is what uh, what the kids are doing these in days. In the rest Look, of the country, that would not me. fly. <laughs> it helps me with the one in my, my one mile ETA. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but you're just looking at it, and I'm sitting at a red light, and there's just 50 just children running by. I would never let my daughter go out like that, especially not in Santa Monica. They don't care. And then yeah, and then graduation was this week, so they're all dressed up in you know in these sundresses. If they sneeze or if the breeze comes the wrong way, they're the dress is off. It's just gone, yeah. just sucked into the clouds. <laughs> Dude, there there is a thing where like it just hits you, where you're just like I'm just like an older person now. Like this I, isn't allowed you know, anymore. A, a couple months ago, like I was literally like driving at a red light, and I just saw kids with backpacks, and it was like 10:30 in the morning. And then the first thought that hit my head, I'm like, shouldn't these kids be in school? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have to call old. your mother. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had that because the best thing you can say to a kid if they are like fuck with you is like I know your dad. Like that's the best thing you can say to like plant this fear in their head that you're going to tell on them, which makes me feel old that I now know to do that. Because I, I deal with like I, I deal with kind of I see a lot of these high school and even younger kids coming up because I'm always hanging around town. It sounds so creepy, but like my side gig, <laughs> I'm always driving tourists around, and by doing that, they, a lot of them come up to you because they just get out of school and they want like they want you to like they're always, score drugs. Well, kids, <laughs> they're always trying to get something. They're always trying to push. They're at that age where they're pushing the boundary to see how far they can go, and and they they for the most part haven't been punched before, and you can't punch that like that video we watched the other day. We watched this awful video on Facebook. I don't know how it popped up. It was some bratty kid. He looked to be probably thirteen. He was like no facial hair yet, but fully grown. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was like a young, but he was didn't like, know his own strength. Yeah, sort of. He was probably like I don't know. Five five, like you know, uh, probably one of the biggest kids, but probably at least a buck fifty. Probably one of the biggest kids in this class, you know, big feet, like chubby face, like he looks like the biggest bully I'd ever seen. He was like yelling at an old man at like a golf course or something. It it wasn't an old guy; he was like a normal forty-year-old like dad, an older dude. I'm not saying like an old old guy. Like he pushes the kid and he he falls falls over, crying, and he's like. "Ah!" Oh, but, but that yeah. kid needed fuck needed kid. Need, yeah sorry. yeah, yeah cuss, fuck cuss. that kid and that's a <laughs> but thing like, that's that's exactly what you're talking about it's a kid that's never been punched before he's always been like the biggest bully in school but and the like, dad did a good job and it wasn't his dad he was just a random dad the dad did a good job in making like letting the kid really push him around i mean the kid was throwing punches at him before he like choke slammed him <laughs> and he just gave him a good basketball chest pass and knocked him right into the ground and that was just like, bro, what the fuck? If you're going to play with the big boys, be a big boy. That was symbolism. That was just life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to see how far I can get. All right. Well, this is as far as you can get, Tommy. Dude, speaking, I mean, because it's our, it's our daddy issue Father Day episode. I, I remember the first time my stepdad threatened to punch me. And he, uh, he was like, go ahead. Hit me. Hit me first. I was like, what the fuck? But I was probably being a dick. I was probably in 10th grade. You were grade. probably that little kid. No, I wasn't that. I mean, I was raised... To, I, was, I, was, I was very pacifist. I was not a fighter. I never fought. I was afraid of my dad. Like legit. I think I'm the last generation. I think probably we are. Where you were actually like afraid of your dad. I got full on spanked hard. Like well into my <laughs> teens. What you know? Like yeah. well into my teens. My dad would like get out the paddle. Like yeah. This I was is the daddy afraid. issue, everybody. I was afraid. Why were you afraid of your dad? Would he? Because uh, just... my dad is a. He's a. He's a tough kind of alpha male father. Like he. He's very, um, and he's like a very sharp guy, and he would just, I would just see him in public, like he would not put up with anyone's bullshit in life. 
Like, and this is how he treats other grown people. So you're like, dude, if I disobey him, like, I'm going to fucking get it. Like, I'll tell you one thing real quick. Um, me and my brothers, because obviously I have a lot of brothers, right? I have three brothers. Uh, we were out one time. We were at a gas station, and we were just buying things at the gas station um, just because I think we're going to go, like, boating or something like that, go to the lake. So we're getting there. We're just buying a bunch of supplies. And then my dad goes up to the cashier. There's like three or four people, but he goes up to the cashier and he just puts like a $20 bill. He's like, hey, man, whenever you get a chance, you just put 20 on like pump two, right? Just like put it right there while we're going to shop for other things. And that's it. And the guy goes, uh, you need to go to the back of the line. He's like, yeah, I'm not paying now. Like whenever you can, I'll just leave this right here just so whenever you can do it. He's like, no, you need to go to the back. And he cursed at my dad. He goes, no, you need to go to the back of the fucking line like Jeez. that. And then that's when I just saw a switch go off on my dad. <laughs> And then he goes, uh, he goes, you don't fucking talk to me like that. And then some guy behind him was like, no, listen to him, pal. And he's like, you stay the fuck out of this. The guy, the guy took the cashier side. Yeah, right. Oh boy. But he like cursed at him. And then my dad goes, like, you don't fucking talk to me like that. And the guy, the guy goes, like, oh yeah, what are you gonna do, pal? <laughs> Dad was holding like two Gatorades, and he literally just chucked him at the guy. <laughs> and the guy just took cover, like like he just threw grenades or something like that. And is this in Texas? This is in Texas. Okay, I, and I was, I was like eight years old watching this, and I'm just like, yeah, you don't fuck with my dad, yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, now we're taking off. And it's funny how it was crazy. Like you just think about it, you're like, that's insane. So if I do anything wrong, like. I'm going to get Gatorades thrown at me. Now, I want to make a comparison. And as a Mexican-American, I need... For, uh, not that I am, but as you are a Mexican-American or however you want You got the Mexican-American mustache. <clears throat> yeah, on. thank you. My Pablo... Uh, my, what they used to call us a Dirty Sanchez, which is probably so sad that that's... You know what I mean? Like, you can't... <laughs> that sounds so racist to say, but that's what you would call it, is a Dirty Sanchez. I've is, never heard that it's in my been, life. You know the hell thing, right? It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's So not, what it's, thing? It's, I'm not going to explain it. It's a dirty... Every guy knows what a Dirty Sanchez is. Yeah. Uh, but we learned it from our football coaches. Like, this show, like the information that was passed down to us from from that generation was always horrible things but anyway as we i lo- i like to look at humans as if you if you take us down to like our monkey state which i know we're in a testy place with Roseanne calling you know so and so playing the apes or whatever but uh, as uh, as humans as monkeys when when the rules of society are violated that's you start throwing Gatorade at people you know what i mean you start like my my stepdad He's the nicest guy. He's a church-going guy, very charitable. But we were, he got road rage once, and I was in the passenger seat. He pulled over, and the other guy pulled over, and they almost fought. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? And then my stepdad just yelling random shit at him. And he's like, I'm on the... And he was on the phone with my stepsister, who was like nine, 10, at, probably 12 at the time. So she's crying, because she can just hear him yelling. <laughs> and he's at that vocal strain level, where he's like, where like immediate vocal cords blown, like... And he's yelling at this guy. He's like, my wife's pregnant. I'm going to the hospital. That wasn't true at all. Like, my, my mom was pregnant, but she, but Luke wasn't going to the hospital with Why her. Is he, he just lying? started He just started pulling whatever he could. And I was like, fuck yeah. But I felt horrible. He And then and then he had to calm down my stepsister on the phone who was crying. But I felt horrible. I was like an 11 or 12-year-old. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Santa's not real. Like, all these issues came up where I was like, adults are supposed to be normal. All we've known is teachers and coaches. Yep. You're not supposed to be exposed to the shitty side of humans, which we all have. Yeah. But I think it's good, like, if you ever see your dad blow up or your stepdad, right? Like, I think it's good to kind of see that expression as a kid. Not saying that you should model it and act out, but it's always good to see you're like, 
hey man, there's a limit, right? Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to cross that fucking line. Yeah, like it's not, yeah, exactly. It's a good life lesson because it's the same when you go to the gas station or when you're in traffic. Like there is a limit. You have to treat people with respect and like you got to know when when to stand your ground and when to let it go yeah. you know like those are things that, that's a life lesson you need to I know i can't remember the last time i lost my shit i've really practiced like this and because i used to be a big i used to be like an egomaniac my yeah. mom actually asked me years later if i was on steroids in high school <laughs> <laughs> she thought I, that's just hormone i'd get in a fight with my sister and i just throw a baseball at her <laughs> like that but she was also steroids. a fucking bitch to me <laughs> no and then i but i was always like super emotional but I was like, well, I was 17. Yeah. And it was not steroids, but like, I think that was, I think they got off easy with me if that was, if that's all they had to deal with was me like not wanting to share my day with them. Cause they'd be like, how was football practice? And I'd be like, it, we keep it in house. <laughs> like, because we didn't no want to. Yeah. Even, no yeah. We don't out. tell you. And I've always kind of been drawn to those secret societies of like that tribal team. You know, we, we were watching this Freemason documentary type of thing. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I've always been into Knights Templar Freemason. And then I was in a fraternity, which is this same ritualistic Skull stuff and bones and all that shit. not yale i wasn't at yale i was in the <laughs> shittier lambda chi alpha the kenny chesney fraternity um but yeah i was always i was always in like involved like in one of that brotherhood and i grew up in my for my formative years. did you have did you have brothers you just younger younger half brothers so and i love them to death but my sister and i are basically irish twins she's a year older than me oh, okay so we were raised with my mom before my stepdad came in and i think i pretty much got most of like my who i am from that and then was able to kind of understand what charm was from my stepdad because he was very char- he's a very charming like night not in a manipulative way but like he had this charisma that my mom didn't have well dude you pick up certain things too also this is why dads are so important it helps kind of formulate your personality as a man it does you know? Um, there's nothing wrong with just loving your mom, but there are certain things that you can't learn from your mom that yeah. you can only get from your dad. Tasha's way more like you way more like her dad. And I can see that as an adult looking at you guys. She looks at her dad like such a role model and her mom like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Loves her mom. I've, I've uh, met women that like feel like they're in competition with her or their mom feels like they're in competition with them. Like yeah. it's such a weird dynamic. The mother daughter relationship I think can be really tricky. I, you know, I don't, I don't blame my mom for our experience, but I, uh, we just did it. We didn't have it. Some people have it. <laughs> just, some people as soon as have she was it. holding you like in the delivery room, she's like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> but at some point, the mother daughter thing's going to fade. Like the, if, if they're best friends, the daughter's going to move on and the mother's going to cling. Like there's going to be some. I don't I mean, know. I think it's a delicate balance. Like some people are best friends with their mom or like best friends with their daughters. They're like always friends and they talk to each other and they share each other's secrets. And that's sometimes that lasts forever. But. I feel like in those relationships, they have less of like a boundaries thing. And I think boundaries are important for kids. Like boundaries and rules, I think, you know, it's something that you have to learn. And yes, you want your mom to be on your team, but she's also your boss, kind of. That's what I want. Yeah, like you want it to be like a good kind of back and forth relationship, but there's still an authority figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like. Wait, like, I mean, would you get like spanked or whatever? Like, how did you stay in line? Did oh, you just yeah. or just the fear of being spanked? Well, the fear of being spanked, and then also my dad was just like he was just very authoritative in nature. So you're like, I don't want to 
I don't want to, you know, fuck up at all because that yeah. means there's going to be some severe consequences. Do you think that leads to your more? Con- and I'm not trying to label you as a conservative, but I, th- I think <laughs> I think you say a lot of your viewpoints are conservative. Do you think that's because of your uh, like a stricter upbringing, or I think it has a lot to do because my dad was always like a very work hard first kind of person. Don't ever label yourself a victim. Um, you know, you're not the victim of your circumstances. You can take control of what's going on around. I'm glad you, you brought up victim victimhood because that's a tough thing with society well, i think your dad teaches you that i think that's a big thing because it's not very a it, you know feeling like you're a victim is not a very masculine trait right like you should always feel like you're in control of what's yeah. going on around you yeah it's almost like it's almost like it's okay to label others as victims like there are victims within society people that are, are treated wrong and this and that but the second you label yourself as a victim you're not doing yourself the the, ser- the service and the justice of of your potential because you have that limitation to fall back on and there's no greater limitation than to say like oh i'm a victim don't get me wrong go anyone listening can go back to any episode and hear a victim statement from me <laughs> like ah oh, they're fucking not letting me in the door they're persecuting me i can't get work blah 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 and um and i need to and i need to consciously work on that because yes, it's like that's i've got every yeah i've got every tool in the toolbox i'm a tool um Including this new mustache I've got. Uh, talking, speaking of authority. I like mustache, Dave. I like it. <laughs> Could you do oh, this? Right. You mean you want to go on a mustache tour? I can't, dude. I can't grow facial hair. I don't know. I've, I'm like a preteen Asian boy when it comes to growing body <laughs> Yeah, you got hair. that like, like look, little... Yeah. Dude, my freaking... My wife has more arm hair than I do. And that's like... I have nothing. I, I got... Have, I'm not much... I'm a light light uh, hair. Like, I don't have any chest hair, really. Yeah, I don't have hair. I never get hair on my back. It's just... No, no back hair. No, none of that. Dude, but like if I let this grow out, it looks... People are like, what are you, 14 or yeah. something? Like, it's, it's it looks like you got into some dust or dirt. Dude, but I've yeah. got... I've got thick armpit hair. Thick, no chest hair. It's just weird how You've it's got like six chest hairs. Every once in a while, she, she'll sneak she up on them. me and just pull some pull something off of me, and I'm like, you can't pull apart part of my body without asking. <laughs> but that's what women do, They're right? They're like, oh, she'll like she'll look at me and then she'll walk away, and I'll go, what is she up to? And she'll come back with like a hot wax kit and start putting it on my unibrow. <laughs> I'm like, what if I did that to her? What if I was like, oh, this isn't working, and just started like narrowing you. What if I did that, huh? Your unibrow gets out of control. And if I didn't wax it, he would be okay with it forever. I've never once seen him. Like like you're very aware of what comes out like on a lens because you're like a model and stuff. So you're like, Dave, if you were behind camera right now, it would be atrocious. (laughs) Yeah. It's a single (laughs) eyebrow. And he's never once of his own accord been like, let me tweeze this. He's Scottish, right? Well, I don't even know. I I really need to do the test. Because I think I think I'm I was always told I was Irish and English and potentially Jewish, which I don't know what that means. My father was adopted and he's dead, so we we kind of lost that chain oh, okay. of whatever. So but I can look, so like I just don't know. And like Tasha didn't know. She thought she thought she was all these Native American things. She had all these, and then you found out you're what just Span- like Western European. Uh, like English Irish. Um, just a huge Caucasianness. Yeah, and <laughs> she like applied Italian for that Native American and and Finnish. I think we're like the big ones. Like but you definitely have platter. like yeah, she's definitely got like dark Spanish something in you. Whether where like southeastern European. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably the Italian and like Bulgarian. That's I, like the dark. But Bulgarian. we always thought we were Native American. That was the rumor in my family my whole life. That's what a lot of white people have. They all believe that they're Cherokee or something. Yeah, 
We don't you know. know. Do you the know what? Do you know what you are? Because you, so you, your, your, your parents moved from Mexico, but what, what, where's the lineage there? Well, like I had a. My grandfather was from Spain. Like great grandfather was from Spain. So my dad, like my dad, looks like like as white as you do. Oh really? Yeah, he's got blue eyes. Oh no way! What about yeah, your mom? He, my mom, she looks more Hispanic, but my mom's like very like she, my mom's like my skin tone. But my dad's whiter than like my dad wouldn't tan like he turns red in the sun. It's hilarious. <laughs> so so um they so they still live they still are married. No 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 they got divorced. divorced when I was like nine years old. Did it? How did that affect you? It dude it had a, it had an impact of course. Um I remember when I found out like I just started crying because you're like oh, I don't want my parents divorced. Yeah that's got to be a weird. So we're in it's three different a- boats. Tasha's parents are married. My mom left She's my the dad. Most stable out of all. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's fucked up because uh, hey, folks, uh, <laughs> that's what having two parents does to you. Um, my mom left my dad when she was pregnant with me, so I never had. I I I was built up from nothing. You know what I mean? Like I I then got a stepdad and all these cool things. So I didn't ever miss not having a dad. The worst thing for me growing up on Father's Day was the fact that I had to address something that the Catholic, like as a Catholic family, we didn't talk about it. Didn't know where my dad was, didn't know where he lived, didn't know anything about him, had only seen one or two photos of my whole life. And then I had to address, then on Father's Day, you know, fifth grade, everyone's making, you know, art class comes in and you got to make Father's Day cards. That yeah. was literally the shittiest. And again, that means my life wasn't too shitty. But you, we, I was thinking about this. You, you think of like problems as juvenile, and it's like, well, I was a juvenile, but it was the hardest thing because I had to like talk to my friends and be like, oh, who are you going to make it up to? And my mom would always like have me make it up to my uncles, yeah. which is like so much pressure on my uncles, but like nice, you know what I mean? So no, it's weird, man. Those those little those little dynamics uh, or like those little things that happen as a kid, you really kind of reflect on those moments because I I remember that in school, like after my parents got separated. You're right. There was like a Father's Day thing and we didn't live with my dad anymore. So I remember just sitting there and just kind of reflecting. I'm like, well, I'm I can't give this to my dad. We're in a different state now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's such a weird thing, but it hits you. And I think a lot of people don't understand that kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Right? Yeah. Like I remember like like my my dad and my mom like they would not do it in front of us. Also although sometimes it would just spill over, but I knew that there was something going on, and it just off a feeling alone, yeah. intuition, yeah, just like yeah, that's pick up on that energy. Absolutely, they're probably more aware than most adults, to be honest, because that's the point of like being a child. Your brain is like a sponge, you know. You're getting clues from from your environment, and you're learning and growing, and that's what you're supposed to be doing. All of that stuff is like really informing who you're going to be yeah. as an adult. There's less rationalizing, and you're so you're just kind of more in tune of what's going on. That's what you know, like a kid, like you're very emotional, right? Like when you're yeah. happy, you are very happy. When you're cranky, you're super. Well, cranky. it's like a threat to the tribe. Like you, you know, you're in the tribe, and if the if the two people in charge are fighting, you're kind of like, what? It, are we not going to the pool now? Like you have like all these like <laughs> thought. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, my mom and my stepdad. I mean, my stepdad's not good at communicating. He's just his dad was a World War II vet. Just it comes from that generation where they don't know how to talk. So like no. I can't say I love you to him. Ever maybe maybe oh, I've said it before. Oh, he was that closed off. Like very... just just in a way where he's super. Oh man, he's such a nice guy, and he'll give you a hug and pat. Yeah, he pats you when he hugs you. Does he call you sport and shit? No, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he. Um, but he knew he knew that like since they got married, I was never going to call him dad. I don't think he really cared about that. Really, I call him Luke. But I was like eleven, and I know that. But like like you said, at 
to us as adults to look at 11 year old you guys are baby but as an 11 year old you're like no 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 i'm running i'm running my life you know back back then yeah. there was no babysitters you'd bike around town i'd have my own little stash no, of money you really I'd go have buy a stuff. sense of autonomy as a kid i think that's something that parents and you were like tend yo, to forget you were the oldest right? my sister is older but um she was kind of a little more kind of an introverted type of i don't know she had you a, didn't have like a younger sibling at the time right no anymore. they didn't come till i was uh well my, my 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 baby brother was born when i was 12 but um you know there's no you're already out. too old by yeah then. i'm an adult by the time he's a functioning child <laughs> yeah you know but they're they're great but they don't so like i don't my brothers don't know anything about a part of my life like they don't know anything about my father and it's weird that i've compartmentalized because i don't talk to my mom about it because she's fucked up over it just because i think she has like immense guilt and it's but she's doing a lot they're doing great now it's just like it's like my mom buried a part of her life yet i am an offspring of that burial yeah that's got to be a weird dynamic because i was just thinking that that you know obviously you know you came about from her first marriage and then obviously something not good happened so obviously it's like it's hard to go back there because anytime anytime something bad happens to us we tend to kind of bury that and just kind of be like okay that was chapter in my life yeah it's tragic but then old dave's still around and then i grow up and i grow up and look like this man that she had yeah. parted ways with yeah you do you don't look like your brothers and sisters fuck you look I like, look like chase Sort of, but Chase and the boys look a lot like each other. You look like the odd man. What was some of the stuff that your <laughs> Way to stepdad make gave you that <laughs> that um, how long? Like how long were your well, stepdad fifth, and your mom together before they got married? Um, about a year. I mean, it was, it was quick. It was quick. So but you were like ten when they got when they first. Yeah, met. yeah. And so it was in fifth grade. I had a moment. I, I remember exactly where I was in class. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm gonna burp. Sorry. I don't remember what, what, what sorry, thank you folks, uh, where I was, but I had this moment in school where I was like, I want to be like him because Luke would walk in to a room smiling and he would always know everybody. He's a contractor. So he knew everybody on the island. I mean, it's an island of like 60,000 people, but he literally knew everybody at every store he went to. Hey, Tony, what's going on? And how are you? Same old, you know, just like, it's like that chummy old man banter. Somebody who's well liked, has a lot of friends, is charismatic. I mean, of course you want to be. Would like you describe Lucas that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'd be like, I want to be like that because That's the only thing way. I knew growing up was kind of like be quiet. Like we didn't have radio or TV in my home. It's a very quiet home. We had a TV in the basement. Were you guys Amish or what? No, just a mom, <laughs> just like a like. She, and it, and Your she mom wasn't went overprotective. She wasn't strict. It no, wasn't like wasn't. be home at this hour. It was just like a no fun. It was just like a no fun home. And my mom and my sister were fighting like all the time. Overworked probably too. Yeah, you know, she's like trying to do all of it on her own. Oh yeah, like she, she had no and she raising had you guys, no and, child support, no help from anything. So she was doing it all, saleswoman. Yeah, you know, no, no, no hate on her, but it was very like boring. No internet. So, so we, Friday night we had a TV in the basement, like a literally rotary dial TV in like a you know like a damp Rhode Island basement, and we'd go down there and watch TGIF, and uh, and yeah, I know it was boring. So I always have to like go out and explore, but I was always kind of like in my own head. Like I'd love to go to the baseball field, just throw a ball and hit it with the bat by myself i'd go for hours if i couldn't find any friends to play with me and i did have friends but then i meet but then i meet this guy who's like talking to strangers talking to people he knows helping people out and i was like that's that's a different thing i haven't been taught yet and yeah. i don't think my mom she just could have never given that to me and i made this conscious decision to be like to just to smile more and i literally would just smile and i remember some girl in class what's her name carrie 
she, in class she was like why are you smiling i was like drawing something and smiling <laughs> and i was like oh, i decided to smile more <laughs> i mean i forget to do that in today's world i'll go to a stand-up show or a mic and i'll walk in and kind of just have like resting introvert face and that comes off like oh that person's an asshole yeah you know? man i think that that's super important that um it's so funny how you remember those moments of like that your dad does things like that that kind of make you and kind of shape you because you want to model that. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing happened with my dad. Like my dad was like a business guy and he would always I would always see him be like very in control of every situation. And I remember him getting like bad news. And then he's like he would just pause for a minute, think about what his next move was. And then he would just immediately be like, OK, so we're going to do this. So I always saw him like always kind of be like a problem solver. Right. Yeah. And he would definitely take, he wouldn't avoid any conflict. He would just take it head on. And that's something that I remember even as a kid, I'm like, okay, that's what you need to do whenever you're encountered um, yeah. by, you know, certain problem situations. And this is why, like, it's so funny because, like, me and my wife, like, we handle problems totally differently. Like, my wife is just like, oh, my God, like, she's kind of more reflective on what the issue is. And I'm just, like, immediately thinking two, three steps ahead, like, how do we just get this solved? Fix it. Yes. Duct tape, it. whatever you had to do, fix it. Yes. Move on. Yes. Whatever. We I think that's do. a pretty common. And again, we always like, I always try not to talk about just gender types, but it <laughs> comes do down to like, Tasha and I are, are the same way. More reflective. Like, we yeah. like to know why. Whereas men are just like, let's solve this. Just thing. Fix it and like, move on. What the fuck are we going to digest? This is it? why sometimes me and my wife get into it because sometimes she'll be complaining about something. Because she's then, trying to just talk it out and see it from all angles. Yes. And then sometimes she just wants me to be like just an extra ear, just listen and take it in. <laughs> and I just want to get this out, like venting. Yeah. And then in my head, then I'm like, well, why don't you do it? And then she'll be like, no, that's not what. And I'm like, oh. Okay, so I need to not solve it. I just need to be. Then she's not. Then you feel like she's not listening to you, and there can be some resent, resentment. Like, well, what do you want from me? I'm it trying, is, and then it becomes all things. Thing. There are like clear cut solutions, and a solution is what you're looking for, like business or whatever. You know, some things have clear cut yeah. solutions, but some things are more delicate, like just yeah. getting along with your coworkers. You know what I mean? Like some of that is not well, like I could, problems solution. Let's fix it. It's just like working it out. We're my, gonna, we're in this for the my long thing. Time. With like coworkers, because I've got coworkers I'm you know fighting with. But my thing <laughs> with my personal relationships is like so much more important to me. So like I can I can I can go ego on a coworker if I feel like they're not respecting me or whatever. I can whatever. But when with like Tasha, what I've learned is like, and it's not easy. But try to mirror whatever she's feeling. If like if you stub your toe, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. I mean, because because my normal response isn't that way. My normal response isn't to just be like, yeah, man, fuck them. My response is like, we need to get out there and fix this shit. And it's like, yeah, like there'll be a time for that. But if you can spend like a few minutes just um, showing empathy, mm-hmm. I think that's what what women want. I, fi- I figured out what women want, folks. I know it all. I have the answers. Problem solved. What do you guys... Um, so you guys just got married uh, relatively within the last year, right? Yeah, we got married in November of last year. So it's been just over six months. Now. And how's this wow. process been? How's the newlywed life been? It's good. Honestly, it's... Um, people say, like, there's no feeling right. It feels the same. I'm like, no, it does feel different, actually. There's, really? Yeah, there's a different kind of aura in your relationship to where... Now it's like, okay, we're both really in this now, and there's actual stakes. 
right? Yeah. So that kind of raises everything. Like the dial gets turned up to eleven. Oh, that's by scary. Sta- by stakes, what you by stakes, those. it's like um, you know, we're not just like boyfriend and girlfriend, and and that's it. We can't and, just leave if we decide. Yeah, this you can't just a- leave. Like you're like, dude, this is you know, we got married under God. The state recognizes us as a couple now. Yeah. Um, we have to file our taxes together. <laughs> So this shit's real now. How and did you know? If there's an issue or something like we got to work it out. It's not just like, hey, you know, it's not working out and we're going to take a break and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's like you got to stay. It's like you're in a submarine, man. They're like, dude, we're in this. <laughs> we got to be in it. We got to figure it out. If there's a leak, we got to plug that. Like, Tasha's it's not gonna have me, really going down. Tasha's you know? going to be dusting the submarine nonstop. Hey, the smudge marks. There's microfibers on the submarine windows. <laughs> nonstop swiffering. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. I think. I, I don't know if 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 and if and when to, we, we've been looking at rings. You know, we started to like look at rings, and I'm saving money and all that. It's it's happy to look at me. With that. <laughs> I think it's good though, man. I I definitely think um, anybody. I'm not trying to put added pressure here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode, folks. We got to go. Turn the mics on. He's like, oh, we got to go. Look at the time. <laughs> like, no, but I I definitely think it's a good thing for guys to get married, man. Because I think that's something that another thing too, lack of fathers is making people really nervous of long term commitments because they look at their parents' relationship and they're like, Well, my dad wasn't around or he did this or my mom did this and so now nobody really wants to get married, which is really kind of destroying like a societal fiber. Like it's really important for couples to be together and then stay together. Yeah. And have kids and then that way they can see like, no, this this actually works out. Yeah. Because if you just have it, um, Look, I mean, we remember being single. The dating culture is shit. I mean, it really is. It's not fun. And I don't envy any of my single friends from what they tell me. And I remember being single. And, dude, it's, it's a roller coaster right out there. So I think it has social implications where nobody wants to take on responsibility anymore. Like nobody yeah. wants to commit to anything. I got to have my options around. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be put all my eggs in one basket. And you're like, well, then you're not really living, dude. Sure. If you don't take any responsibility, how are you going to know what you're made of? You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Challenging yourself. I think That's it's, true. you know, and I, I look at, I look at our relationship because now it's been four years and I think, oh, geez, I mean, it's become a large chunk of my adulthood. I've been in a relationship before, whereas, whereas I would never was. Yeah. And I don't think you lose sort of that attraction for, uh, for the world. Like, I don't want to neuter myself and, and, and be like that, like Pence, you know how like he can't have lunch with an intern because he's the God yeah. forbid he'll, he'll get a boner or something. I, I think like the idea of, of, of still checking somebody out does that sound weird like Tasha you check a guy out you watch Bachelorette you're looking at these dudes you're like I didn't know he had that many abs and I'm like fuck you (laughs) but like it's good right I mean it's good to still like yeah to know that you're committed but also there's an attraction still appreciative of like, of like, a hot body. So what are you trying to say? I don't know. That what, wanna, what are you trying yeah, to say? That, that uh, you're still thinking about those girls in those track pants? No. <laughs> but, <laughs> so track what I'm practice. To say, it's not weird if I'm looking at a couple of 16-year-olds in track pants. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, if a, if a, if a flock of uh, track Dude. and field runs by, I'm not going to be like, I'm gonna be like, that's there. there are asses running by me right now. Dude, Whatever. Married- yeah, but you shouldn't be angry at them because that does exist in the world. Angry at like, who? Yeah. At, at the asses. Here's that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm not angry. That's, I know. That's I'm saying that yours is like a better response than like some old men that'll be like, cover up. You know, people people tell other people what they can and cannot wear all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, 
I'm just cool with, I mean, we live in LA. You can't drive down the road without getting a boner because there's some tit hanging out. And you look at their, and, their, and you could look at their face and be like, I'm not even attracted to you whatsoever. Like, also, you know, we do live in LA. You can't drive around without seeing a boner with all these homelessness people. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. We had this guy jacking off. It's, uh, you know what? I always tell yeah, myself, like, stop shit. talking about the homeless people. We talk about this every episode. Every episode. Okay, it's right, become a huge problem. But this morning, we opened these giant windows and I was like, hello, world. <laughs> hello. Like, I was pretending to be a king. And I was like, hello, homeless. Homeless men <laughs> shitting on the wall. <laughs> Your humble king has awoken. <laughs> oh my god! It's a war. It's a battle zone out there. Dude, but every time I talk to a guy, right? Most guys, um, and I t- and I tell them they're like, "Well, man, I don't, I don't know, dude. I mean, I just want to keep my options open, and and like they'll be in a relationship. I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not mentioning you specifically, but it's like other dudes that I've talked to." And then I'm like, well, what are you, what are you holding out for? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, what, what, what are you out there holding out? Are you just holding out like for your ver- for your girlfriend, just with like bigger breasts or yeah. like a bigger? It's ass? like, listen, Gary, like, you're you not really, going to do better. Yeah, what are you really like actually holding out for? It's like, well, she's perfect. We get along. We have a great relationship. It's like, all right, well, then get married. Well, I mean, I want to. I don't know if it might not work out. I mean, what if I meet someone else? I'm like, yeah, what? yeah. Drag your feet forever. Really, see how that goes. Yeah. Oh, her, wait. Your current girlfriend with bigger tits? Is that all you're holding out for? No, that's you know a I mean? surefire way to lose your girlfriend because girls are going to run out of patience real quick. Got the context there, and <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, and I've had to learn to be more communicative with Tasha to be like, look, I am working a million hours on my side gig and a million hours on my real gig. We're trying to get the podcast featured, which came with a litany of all these things I have to do. I got to pay my buddy to do. I got to like, I, like I've hi- I'm hiring people to work in a company that doesn't make any money, but I'm doing it because I'm just like, fuck it. I believe I know. Set sweat equity. Yeah. Sweat equity in the script we that I just put together. We're, we got, it's registered with WGA. It's copywritten. It's fucking ready to be sold like so much is already in the works but i got to be like but i also have to sell tasha be like look you know like she's like an investor but i don't have a product yet and i'm like look the app's coming along it's coming along i need 10 more hours i need a couple million just hold on and i'm it's like but what's my option go sell real estate be some piece of shit guy that's no offense real estate because there's people like i know we have a listener nikki hey how are you who's always like i know you hate the 95 it's like i don't hate the 95 i just hate inauthenticity I hate when you're doing something you don't love. You're, you can love what you do at a nine to five. If you don't, get out. Unless you have kids. Whether, you know what I mean? That's the only... If you have kids, you've, you've well, created a Well, and that's the thing is Dave. that you do have to be responsible to your family. Dave, yes. Everything you just said is pure bullshit. All right? <laughs> I, I love... get married and do all of this <laughs> No, you're right. No, you're right. Total limitations. <laughs> Thank you. Everything. Oh, I love that. He's we got to go. I got to turn uh, Brian's mics off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on. I fucked it up. <laughs> no, he really you're did back. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It's not... Uh... Anyway, you were saying, Brian? Oh, I guess we got to go. No. All right. I'm don't joking around. No, it really is 100% bullshit, dude. This is, I've heard all of these excuses yeah. from different guys. Man, no, it's a limitation married, for sure. I'm booking more comedy shows. I'm on the road more. I'm doing better comedy club. Like, dude, it, it's not. You're doing those every, married I, I used therapy. To think, I used to think, I used to think, I used to tell my wife when we were engaged or even before we got engaged, I'm like, babe, well, you know, if we start doing this, like, you got to understand, like, blah, 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 and then just pure bullshit. And that was just me being afraid and put, and actually projecting that out there. But once you get married and you're in that boat and, like, the deposit's been made for the venue and everything, you're like, all right, oh, we're boy. going through this. There's no way turning back. And then you go through with it. 
And then nothing, nothing in that what I was saying six months before mattered at that point. Yeah, I hear like, you. It all just no, and away. and I and I don't mention all those things necessarily as a limitation. I mention them as being like I'm setting up a foundation here. Whereas a few years ago, when we first started dating, I wasn't thinking that way. I was just like, all right, I got to do seven mics a week, and I got to book this, and I, you know, like I was thinking of what my break even was. And now I'm not thinking about what my break even is. I'm thinking about what's my fuck you money coming in. What's my like get all that? And again, not to push back the wedding at all. That's I won't. <laughs> I won't. I'm not using that crutch because we've been looking at rings and things like that. Or I have at least, and it's something that I don't touch. doesn't completely believe in me, but like I've always looked at, I've always been like, oh, I can't wait to not upload a engagement photo, but tell our friends, tell our family in person. Yeah. And I want to do that thing. I want to get like a get the camera and like get a you know a collage of everyone's reactions in person. That's the shit I care about. You know what I mean? Like like getting. Because Tasha's part like more bullshit. She's part of my family. <laughs> like they they love her. No one wants to see me just me. Like I'm flying home in a few weeks. And like is Tosh coming? And I'm like we'll figure it out. Whole like no one cares about me. Yeah. You know. But yeah, no, it's not. It's you know, it's 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 uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound crazy because the more I say it's happening, it's happening. It sounds like it's not, but it's like you know, there's a there's a there's a ball rolling. There's momentum. <laughs> But you really did hit the nail on the head oh, with boy. like that you don't have to keep those things compartmentalized. Like they go hand in hand. 100%. And like there's no such thing. You always say jump and the net will appear. I mean, that's that's the way you treat your comedy career where you're just like, hey, let's just do it and we'll start working. We'll solve it as we as we go along. That's kind of what it's like, man. It's a new, it's it's. It's risky, but everything in life is risky. It's a leap risky. of faith. Everything yeah. is risky. Listen, I didn't bring you on this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about fathers doing commitment, so that's a commitment, man. We dudes, share a dog. Dudes don't want to get married anymore, and it's and it's neutering an entire generation. Well, well and, and nobody wants to have kids anymore either. I feel like all of my friends that are all right, well, not all, one of my best friends just had a baby, but... For a lot of people, they're just not interested in having kids. A, a girl that I work with, they got married recently. They're not interested in having kids. Lots of people. How old are your friends? Are, they're 30s. old. Some are yeah. early thirties. Oh, yeah, that is a little alarming. Yeah. If they're in their early to mid twenties, I'm like, yeah, that's. Uh. I think late twenties, early thirties. I think people are just generally like putting it off, or if they're sort of like, for me it's personally, true. I I am still feeling kind of apathetic about the idea of kids, and that's. I absolutely want to be 1000% sure. Uh, you know, I don't want to like have children and be wishy-washy about it. I want to like want, want, want to have children before I decide to have children. Right. I just see the friction it would cause. Oh my gosh. Boy, the dog's enough. Yeah. <laughs> we, t- we can't even change the dog's diaper on time. And <laughs> the dog, yes, he has a diaper. <laughs> a little tail hole. That's another thing too though. Yeah, a lot of women aren't wanting to have kids and then they end up regretting it or... They want Once to have they kids run out at a of time. Stage. Yeah. What do, have you guys? What, what, do you have a plan um, for you, children? Yeah, oh, my wife's in the same boat. She doesn't want to have kids. Do you? She yeah. says that now, but I think it's hard when you're living. Well, just a in this day and age where it's true that like economically, we're really young people are not in a good way. They've got student loan debt, wages are low. You know, like people are having to work three House jobs just to have like have a cost, you know, manage their cost of living. Having kids just makes no, I would, I would want want my kids going to the middle school across the street. That looks rough. Our middle school is called value middle school. It's a dollar (laughs) store middle school. It's literally called value middle school. Like you couldn't come, you couldn't come with a better name. No, it wasn't like Mr. Value sponsored it. They just called it value. 
like uh, like you'll There's get your money's worth. Free every time <laughs> yeah. they, they go in, they have to pay turnstile. You got to walk through. I don't know. It's, it's uh, like a subway metro car. <laughs> swipe it. Oh, yeah. that value school dollar twenty five. Uh, I don't know. It's um. I think it's okay to not want to have kids just because the world's fully populated and um whatever. Do do you? I think I think the myth of like kids will bring you happiness. Well, that's selfish. And and they, and they might, but it's also it is selfish to be like, oh, kids are bringing happiness. Yeah, okay. Well, let's just take care of the roads and the bridges. For and some people, they know totally deep in their heart <laughs> that they really want kids. That's something that they've known their whole lives that they want kids, I know. and that's great. That's great. They should do what makes them happy. Yeah, but it's also like my sister, and I love her to death, and I love her kids, and my nieces and nephews to death. But it's also like, are you trying to be the mother you didn't feel like you had? Like, I don't want to dive into someone else's head to often, but she, she is my sister now i don't mean asking tasha's but you know will, will tasha raise her kids differently than her parents or will it just be this ever i think everybody power? just does the best they can though i don't think that there's any secret like yeah you want to hopefully do better than the people that came before you but yeah. like it's complicated i, I, I want to say this into the podcast so we can look back years from now but i guarantee that if Tasha has a child by the by his age of seven, she will have said the term. If you live under my house, you got my rules. Like I can totally. Why do you think you would that totally it, pick no. up the mom sort of like dialogue? That happens. <laughs> I don't I think know. It is important though because I think people who should have kids aren't having them, and the people who shouldn't be having kids are having them. That's what the, yeah. That's what they've always said. It's like it's not like a one. It's while it might be a miracle to have a child, it also happens on accident, and that's the whole joke. That like, well, if it can happen on accident, is it a really a miracle? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, sure, it is. I get it. I get it. You know, like you don't. But here's the thing: you don't have to have a kid to be able to talk about it. Like people, kids, you don't understand. But no, no, no. I totally have been to malls before, and I totally, <laughs> and I totally have seen the beauty and joy of kids, and, and and teaching them to walk and play baseball and whatever it is you want your kid to do. But it's also like you know, you just we're all, I don't know. Like there's plenty, there's plenty of life to live without that. We're going to a concert on Thursday. We don't have to find a babysitter. The dog goes in the bathroom. Right. I mean, look, here, that that's where I go back to the same thing where it's like. Yes, you know, it is, quote-unquote, inconvenient your your freedom, right? But then what's, what are you giving up in the process, right? Like, there's a lot that you get out of it from becoming a parent and getting to that next stage, and it changes your mentality. And again, it raises the stakes in life. Yeah, like and, and you learn a lot. you, your spouse. Now you're worrying about the entire generation that you're leaving behind. Sure. So I think there's a lot there, and I think... People like us who grew up in these households and, you know, especially like you, like you're going to have these things are going to click in your mind a lot more when you have kids and to the point where you're going to be like, okay, I knew that was not right to do what my parents did. And you start kind of correcting the errors. Oh, yeah. And, And I think you can raise like a better generation. So you leave your lineage behind with really good people in the world that are going to do good things. Yeah. That's what every parent wants, right? They yeah. want to have their offspring do really good things in the world and to continue to Well, pass what's your on take theirs. on this? So not our parents, but the generation right before us who's raised kids, young millennials were you know, raised in this trophy lifestyle. So like, it's almost like they, the, the adults wanted their kids so well protected, they kind of... I think created monsters like over pampering. Yeah. And I don't know if, I don't know if we would do that at all. I mean, you hear, you hear of um, couples like even, uh, even some celebrity couples who don't let their kids know that they've got wealth. Like, which I think is amazing because it's like, yeah, you don't want your kids to just, you want to give them the world, but by giving them the world, you're actually taking the world away from them. You're not giving them the experiences of like love and lost and and side jobs. These these, uh, celebrity kids don't know that uh, they grew up with wealth with their, 
drivers dropping them off at kindergarten. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, to the an extent, packaged v- uh, vegan meals and stuff yeah. like that. Like, but like, and I could see if we had stumbled upon some wealth and actually owned a home and had some space. I, I, I could see like if we had that space physically that emotionally we'd be like all right you know we're not working as much we've got this okay like you know i think biologically like that 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 clock will tick a little louder when all that's right yeah it's almost like the pyramid right like the for creativity creativity is at the top of the pyramid the the bottom is just having your basics covered like food shelter and then like yeah, yeah. And and the more that your needs are covered, you need to have all of that done before you can get to like creativity and expansion. But my whole thing is, and this is where Tasha and I are slightly different, is that you're like wanting to... And and again, not not. I think I think it's good to have difference differences. But you're you're focused on your savings, and I'm focused on like that big big fucking sale. That big, you know what I mean. That that I'm focused on like that. You know when you cre- when you create something. You sound like the dad from Death of a Salesman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm focused more on on really uh, tapping into that channel of wealth that's that's in entertainment. But that not not to say not to say in a way that's like I'm trying to pander. I'm trying to do me, but. I also know that if we have a thousand listeners, that if that became forty thousand, which is a couple, you know, obviously some decimal, whatever. But it, but it's they're they're out there. If we just get to the right. top of that chart, then this podcast will buy us a house. Which sounds crazy to think, but that's that's how big picture where I'm at and I'm trying well, to get you should be dreaming big because when you dream big it like stimulates emotion and you get excited even you just talking about it you know you're like I just see it yeah, I see exactly. it like clearer than I see exactly. anything I see I see an audience for this that creates an audience for stand up that sells our fucking soap and our other things <laughs> we want to do like I see but I also worry about um, I, wor- I don't I, I would sure I would love to be on a sitcom but I also worry about you know, having your free speech taken away because you're working for, uh, you know, commercials. You're working for Tide. You're working for all these advertisers. So God forbid you say something off color in this world we're creating. You know what I mean? Like the only people that get to say what they really mean are the ones that are backed, that have a direct following. And that's what comedians, you know, we, you know, we do an Aflac commercial and then we make a bad joke and we're fired from the Aflac commercial yeah. by Gilbert Gottfried. They'll just get someone who sounds just like Aflac and, it's, and he's gone. And yeah. sure, he said an off color tweet and this is probably 10 years ago, but like, I don't want to be in a position where Verizon fires me because I'm like, I don't know. I think men and women are different. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird thing. It's, um, like you feel neutered as a comic whenever you go up there. And here's the thing. It's like, almost like when you do a show, right. And they're like, you got to be very clean up there. And you're like, well, I can do that. I can be a clean comedian. But at the same time, you're just constantly thinking of what you're saying because you don't want to, you know, cross that line and then to be like, well, you did, you said a curse, we're not going to pay you, you know, so it, it, you're right. It, it feels like you're like you're kind of neutered. You're, you're bought. Yeah. You're yeah, bought. You and, do feel that. Um, and we got into this because we didn't want to have a boss. And yeah, sure, no. people do speak with their money, but the thing, the issue we've we've debated a bunch is like, what well, what happens when you know, like Tasha's posted political things on her Instagram, and then someone, you know, ninety, she might get a, a ten thousand likes, but that one guy who said like, "fuck you, whore," you're just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like we're 
you know, it's 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 you it's the effort to march to the beat of your own drum, but not have your money fucked with. And when we're like exploring our voices as comedians, especially on a podcast, I might say something wrong. Apparently, last week I was wrong about Sean uh, King. He is up. Uh, he is um he is um, of mixed race, and I mentioned he wasn't. And someone wrote in and goes, "Hey, your information you got is wrong. It was from Breitbart. It was reported wrong." And he actually, and I was like, "Whoa, my bad." You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I retract. No, he's a white guy. His parents were white, but apparently he had to explain that his mom had cheated or whatever got knocked up mm, by a mixed skin guy but I, either way it's like okay that's more info than i had and it's more, you know what i mean like you you know yeah. i don't know i don't know well here's the thing man <laughs> i want to keep it on the father issue but i know what you're talking about where as a comedian we're you're always like the people that you admire always push boundaries right like uh, george carlin bill hicks um you lenny know, bruce getting lenny arrested bruce, like those guys literally had to take way more heat than we ever did so that way we can do what we want and then now the way the culture is kind of shifting where it's like all about people's feelings and people are all victims well it's very like protective almost like uh, and i think that it's good to be conscientious of other people's experiences and and to sort of like protect them in that way from hurtful things but a comedian's job is to hold a mirror up to society and kind of show them their flaws and like if you can do it well then you've done your job right, right? And what's, it, it, oh, but it's continue. hard when people are trying to work it out you know you have you're not quite there yet whatever or, maybe you don't say it as eloquently as you you should have but like you're right that it's it's a gray area you're asking people like w- then what what are we just not going to be self-reflective anymore well, i think if you're a comedian you should be able to all of a sudden now when you're a comic right everyone's laughing and then you say something that they don't agree with and all of a sudden you know, their statements and you're a politician or you're a religious leader and people take it like, I can't believe you said that. And it's like, but you know, I was making jokes uh, out of the 15 minutes of comedy you saw one a minute you didn't agree with. And now the rest of my what's a better, set became hate speech. What's a better audience for you, a Democratic audience or Republican? Oh, I love conservative audiences. It's their better audiences. I think they're more. Open I'm li- to- I'm liberal in nature. They're w- they're way better audiences. Here's the thing, man. Conservatives will laugh at liberal stuff if it's funny, but liberals won't laugh at jokes that you make, even though they're really good that contradict their views at all. And yeah. I've seen it happen in real time. It's like a very tight buttholes, like very uncomfortable yeah, tight well, buttholes. These are um, these these are uh, tried and true sample sizes we have. The only thing that I think uh, conservatives might have a problem with is if you bash like Trump bashing is a Trump bashing is a different uh, and I don't want to get in get into that side of politics, but that's a different thing than like just making fun of like pro choice, pro life, whatever. But yeah, I, I don't I, I, the the idea that we um, were were. You know, we talk about free speech and, you know, that's that's related to the government. Like the the right to free speech doesn't mean the right to keep your job. But by by silencing each other, I don't think we've ever been more divisive. I mean, you're you're we don't agree with everything, but we're friends. Like, I don't need I don't need to agree with my friends on everything. I've never stopped being friends with someone because of their politics. But wouldn't but never. But I had had people. I mean, I couldn't have Irina on the podcast. Go check it out. Um, Who's a she's she calls herself a feminist. You know what I mean? She calls herself like a true feminist, but by having her on, another person wrote to me and goes, Dave, I thought you were better than this. Oh, God. But doesn't she actually call herself the anti-feminist? I think she's a traditional... I think she aligns up with a lot of traditional feminism. I think she doesn't want to be a victim. She's a, you know, a Ukrainian uh, immigrant, and, and you are and you know you come from a mixed... It's so fam- funny, dude, because everyone that I meet that's kind of more like leaning to the right or like center-right, right? They're 
more like politically in the middle but leaning more right are all people that i meet that are like their parents were immigrants and stuff like that because we don't like i never grew up with that mentality so you're talking about the trophy generation that was technically our generation yeah but i never had that growing up because my parents still raised me like uh, like they would have in when they were in mexico right right so we didn't have this whole like my dad would tell me like hey you know you lost you know you got to deal with it you got to get better yeah. not that hey it's okay you know you feel yeah bad. fuck the refs they were wrong or whatever right it's like, right yeah like my dad he got me into boxing right so i would get my ass kicked and then he would just be like <laughs> well you know it's tough you got to deal with it and that was those are great lessons that Fail- i take with failure. me now yeah and i've been coddled and been like it's okay we're gonna don't worry sometimes life's not fair you know kind of those things then that doesn't prepare you for the real world. And those are the people who are getting offended by fucking some celebrity's tweet. And I've never had anybody say anything that just threw me off my If I am offended, I look, at, I look inward and I go, why am I offended by this? Why did this hit me personally? I was offended the other day because two comic friends that have both been on the podcast were talking during my set at the fourth wall. Not to <laughs> me, but to each other. Griff Pippen, Griff Pippen and guys that I like and, um, Johnny and John Mitchell. But I don't even want to do a, a show, with, uh, one of those mics with John Mitchell because I'm like, like that's i don't need you we might be friends but i don't need you to be in the audience disrespecting me and it's like well <laughs> but that's a different scenario because like, you're fucking with me trying to get better at my craft yeah. <laughs> versus like yeah you know yeah, a, a normal failure though, no yeah. it was you know, it was just more of an apathetic like uh, disregard for me like that's which is a different set of my ego being like well maybe it was more maybe they had something it wasn't about me it doesn't always have to be about you you know what no, I mean? We it's all, just that they weren't being conscientious. And, and we all have issues in our world. Tasha, probably most of your issues, people aren't trying to fuck with you. They just aren't thinking of you. Your bosses are like, they, they've decided that you're released from work and don't tell you right away because it doesn't affect them. And, and, it's, and it sucks, but it's like, I don't know. You just have to look at life and be like... It, while while you want to be treated well, people are going to have their everyone's out for their own thing. Yeah, I think in general you can be sort of like forgiving, knowing that like people have lots going on, just like you have lots going on. Like it's hard to keep track of stuff, and you can be sort of like accepting and forgiving that like mistakes happen. But I do think we live in a world that, in general, is very like all about me for everybody it's all about me and nobody's yeah. ever thinking about anyone else and it's it's fucked up like i shouldn't be like bumped into at the gas station all the time because people aren't like paying attention yeah i don't know it's just annoying there's a mix like, there that, that, like that's people healthy. in general aren't very conscientious at least in like my experience and that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves of all well we don't you don't do well in the city i mean it's a cage rat thing it's a it's when you put people close together you're gonna you're, you don't do well in tight parking situations but i think that be. like it's you know you can be sort of like aware of how you impact other people and do your best to make the least amount of inconvenience for everybody else at least that's how i live my life yeah yeah and, and again I, I know we're bouncing around like several I, and different just mention that can you can you back up you're kind of in my you're like space. sort of in my bubble <laughs> we'd like to give tasha two feet of space here but it's uh you know it's um with with uh with the kind of like ultra left vibe happening i i feel like i relate more and for me, it's more like a, not necessarily a free speech thing, but the ability to talk. Like I, I, I was never with politics. I, I, I never hated someone for flip-flopping on an issue. Sure. I could look at the issue and go, Oh, did they follow the money? Are they flip-flopping for whatever personal reasons? But sometimes people change. I mean, you know, you just couldn't be a, you couldn't be a politician in the nineties and be pro gay marriage. You just kudos if you were, but I'm not going to hit you if you weren't, you know That's what I mean? Right. Obama was not pro gay marriage and people forget about that. And, and, and Dude, yeah, yeah I know people are, like and that's the funny thing too because you're just like man if you really just had 
principles, like you would just realize you're like, dude, this happens on both sides of the aisle, right? And stop acting like it. like I've seen people who are like super far left here, like they make fun of like religious Christians, like evangelicals and stuff, but then they treat all of their points of view like a religion. Right, where it's like very like their veganism and you their can't, you yoga. Can't, <laughs> no, no, it's not even that. It's like more on the politics. Like if you say these words, it's offensive. So I'm like, oh, so it's like when you when you're around a Christian, you can't say like you know, gosh darn it. And they're like, oh, why would you say that? That's when you say like, yeah, you know, I saw this tranny, and they're like, oh, like it's like the same kind of triggering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really like evangelical Christians with the same thing with like these hardcore like left wing liberals. It becomes a very religious kind well, of it's tone more in the way judgmental. they talk about it and they feel like they've had like this martyrdom where they need to go out there and fight tyranny whatever the hell that means you know what i mean we well, live in the freest society in the world you know it's yeah. like what are you fighting for but it's they not treat nurturing it like, that. like you've got there's nothing wrong with living and learning and growing right that's what we hope that right. everyone does in their lifetime is live learn grow that's that's the best way to do it you learn your lessons you change you move on you can be not pro gay marriage in the 90s and hopefully you've figured it out by the 2010s right yeah right that's that's fair that should be looked like oh good you uh, you evolved that should be yeah. a good thing but i think you're right that like when we are sort of like trapped in these bubbles of what's right you've got to understand that other people are not on your level so maybe you could treat it in like a loving way and be a little more like forgiving and nurturing rather than like accusatory right and what i what i battle and then i'm working on and i know i know you got cut up in this this debate this week is i battle i battle my own defensiveness when people blame straight white males and i and i have to realize that there is a because we were watching this show um what's it called what's the show called it's a show about the, it's a it's a tre- it's a treasure hunt. Yeah, it's called the hole. It's I, called I don't the dress- Curse of Oak Island. It's amazing. It's on Hulu. They're searching for treasure, but it's like twelve old white dudes. And they, and I go when you're talking about straight white males, you're not talking about these these uncles and grandpas. Sure, they <laughs> might be racist, whatever, but they're like but like they're harmless. They're they're li- they're literally living on an island looking for gold. But they, they when when I like I try to label what it is when they go these bros, these straight white males. Like what is it? Who is it that you hate so much? And I know is does he wear camo? Does he live in Alabama? Is he a politician? Like who? It's 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 uh, men. Men make up fifty percent of the population. So there's 150 million plus men. And I got to think off the top of my head, pull it out of my ass. Eighty five percent or called sixty percent are white. Whatever. So we're so we're talking about upwards of eighty million, ninety million straight white or white males. And I'm like, who are we talking about? Why we by hating all of them? Are we fixing them or are we just creating an enemy and being the victim? Well, by the way, too, like whenever you start. So everything, every every action has a reaction. So if you immediately start basically stating that, you know, Dave and any dude who looks like Dave is the enemy, which, by the way, now it's not just like black people or minorities that are saying this. Now it's like straight women are saying that straight white males are the enemy. When I'm like, how was that even possible? Have you looked at any statistics? Well, or I anything? think well, I think what you guys are missing is that it's not like someone's pointing their finger and saying all straight white males are bad people. It's uh, nobody's talking about all men. And that's what's hard to. Well, We're talking about real. people who haven't. No, but they're not. They're not. The, you guys are just taking it that way because you you feel like it applies to you or whatever. The point is. <laughs> 
No, really though. Well, here's a no. Well, I, can I just? I want to wrap up my point real quick. Where I said every action. So when the moment you start labeling this, the reaction is going to be. It's like, well, if you're making me out to be the enemy, then you're going to see gonna the worst traits altogether. I read something really funny yeah. yesterday, and this is. It was like it was like if we're talking about straight white men and you have no reaction, it's because you don't feel like we're talking about you. If we're talking about straight white men and you do have a reaction, it's because you feel like it's you. No, I, I can see that, but I can also see a guy being so like I'm. A, I'm at least sharing, I think, a rational emotional response to it. I think if you could talk about straight white men, there could be a dude like la la la. I don't want to hear it. Fuck you. And and that's that's not the conversation I want to have. I want to have a conversation where we go. All right, look, call a straight white man. I don't even do whatever you want, whatever. But you're just creating a line in the sand between you and them. And I think there's I so think many. That, that good. Most- not going to win people over, dude. It's like people who voted for Trump who were Democrats eight years ago. The moment you started labeling anybody who doesn't agree with your point of view as hate, hateful, racist, homophobic. So now people are going to be like, oh, so you're going to label me all these things? You really think I'm going to come to your side of the aisle? Now? And that might be 5% of the vote. Now you're putting more people into the other camp. So this is the reaction but, but that's happening. You're right. But it's, a, it's a, a very defensive reaction because I think that all anybody wants is just to open the conversation, right? We want each other to be a little more reflective. I, and at I, least that's what I think. And I, certainly I feel have. like when I've we talk been about open to dialogue and debate, but when we talk, but but both of you have really tight buttholes right now. When we're talking about straight white men, no, not, it's the same as like people no. say like white privilege, and and oh. people get so upset by that word. But it's true that like it doesn't mean that you didn't have hardship in your life. It means that like the color of your skin wasn't contributing to your hardship. Right. And I think it's sort of the same thing about straight white men. You guys don't understand that you have lived with the privilege of being straight white men your whole lives. It might have not been like a huge amount. You might not feel Mm. privileged, but in general, people didn't shut you up because you were a woman. People didn't shut you up because you were a black guy. They didn't call the cops on you when you're walking down the street, not doing anything wrong. Like you have (laughs) lived your life. Like you go to prison for your actions. It's like, that's complete. There's no statistical data that actually even backs up that people just get to get thrown in jail without actually like we live in a yeah society, yeah not yeah in North Korea no 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 I think you're I've then why are prisons like eighty percent black people because black people commit more crime no because <laughs> yes, bla- no well, hold on that's a second. Hold on so a second. so so not true it white people true. commit just as many drug crimes I mean there I think that the actual statistics are that like white people are, are like more likely to be carrying weed but black people are more likely to be stopped for it no Tasha well, a well, white dude with a briefcase on the subway is not okay. gonna get it my, randomly on, stopped and hold searched. on my turn so just just to keep it because these are i mean these are issues that yeah you could look at um what what you know you could look at um different uh statistics and think different things and i don't want to argue i don't want to argue like what we can't come to a conclusion on you, tasha you're gonna feel you're gonna feel these ways and i respect that and i don't want to change what you feel and brian the same with you the 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 point is is like what do we what do we do to not not to dig up all these pasts or who's what do we do to move forward what do we do? Like, because well, Trump's going to be president one, for six more I years. Number one, I think that people point. need to be a little more open and honest with themselves. I mean, like, the, I think that this is this is what I was just trying to say is like we're trying to open the conversation, and if you immediately shut down and say I'm not privileged, then like 
you're doing it wrong. You're asking, we're all asking each other to sort of like put ourselves in each other's shoes so we can understand things that we haven't understood before. What I don't like is people make grand assumptions about entire races or genders. Like I can't say, and it would be really sexist if I said, well, you know, women just like you you're just not as smart as men are like that's a horrible thing to say but to also say that all men are just oppressive evil uh patriarchal but I think members it's, of some but society I don't think that women like, that those are grand sweeping generalizations I think you take it with a grain of salt just the same way that you would take you know that anything else like like yes we can sort of like make up these sort of like assumptions like that's just it's natural to categorize right that's how our brains like make well, it it's easy natural for us. to have a hierarchy and to try to yeah it's natural for our brains to try to grid things like i don't think it is natural to categorize i'll be honest with you i when i was a kid when you were growing up did you ever make grand assumptions about certain races or people no you kind of just treat people as individuals and i think something happened in society where we started it really it's it stems from politics because politics wants to lump people in together. Yeah, into this groups. camp or this camp. Yeah, they you're literally right divide, or you're left. They you're their, one or the other. The problem was is that you can do that with issues, right? There's plenty and if you look at the statistics, more Hispanics and black people are more pro life than white people, right? Like there's certain groups that just identify with certain topics. So why don't based we on inst- religion? instead of yes, they're more religious and they tend to instead of just talking about that topic, now we divide it up into well, you know, if you if you vote on this issue, then you're voting against your best interest because you're black or you're or you're Mexican. And I'm like, how do you know what my best interest is? Like, I'm not part of this entire race. I'm actually just an individual who happens to think this way. Yeah, you know? but that's like not looking at the total picture. It's like getting locked in on one subject. I just think in general, like ever, like we're taking it all way too it. personally. And yeah, we should be looked at as individuals yeah. for sure. But um, I think that when people start talking about, like, you know, Black Lives Matter or what is, like, feminism, it's... It it's it's sort of like sweeping statements that are like a majority of women's experiences. Of course, it's not all men. Of course, it's not, you know, all like the, I don't know. I, I I'm trying to find a way to it's, articulate no, it's, myself. No, no, here's the thing too. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make is that whenever we say like straight white guys are the enemy, and it's just like okay, so but who, have I'll, you ever heard anyone say that? We get yes. a, we get a lot in the comedy yes. community. Yes. I mean, we I, I the last thing I read on Facebook was the chick like if you host a stand up show and don't have any women on it, maybe that's why you're single. And it's like. Oh, how do we even unpack this? <laughs> like, but like, why are you worried about what one person's thing is on Facebook? I mean, in general, like people, I, I can't, you can't. Tasha, Tasha, I know exactly where you're coming from. And I wish it was one of those things that we can just kind of be like, hey, you know, what's wrong with one person? The problem is, is that this is actually creating a culture within our own society to where as a comedian, we're literally on the chopping block if we don't say the right thing or if we don't apologize for certain things. And that's why it's hurting our future. Everything that the comedians of before fought for is being slowly taken well, away. Well, I think you're right. even other comedians are starting to jump on this boat of like, yes, there is. I've actually heard comics say, yes, there is hate speech. Your words have weight. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Words are just words. And however you interpret But her it, words made everybody's butt hurt, right? 
But the point is that they want to use their words to censor other people's words. I don't want to censor anybody. Nobody. She can say that, right? No censoring. She can say whatever she wants. If it's wants. not funny, you'll suck. I don't want anybody to lose their job. I don't want any comic to be taken off stage. I don't want Samantha B to lose her job because she made fun of Ivanka, just like I don't want Roseanne to lose her job. Or um, you Some know, of the funniest things Tasha says are from the Gilbert comfort Godfrey. from the comfort of our of the car. And it's just funny shit that like you probably wouldn't say on Facebook. And, and, and when we say... My point is, is that like when somebody says something that I don't agree with, I just roll my eyes and move on. Yeah. I'm not getting hung up about it. I know I'm not going to change everyone's mind. I'm not trying to argue with someone who's blatantly spreading false information on Facebook. I just don't care because that I think I consider them just like we we're talking about as one person. I don't consider them the whole. But sometimes, I don't consider Tasha. them the majority. And I'm, I don't think that you like, yeah, absolutely. The last thing that we want is for you guys to be like censored and for you know for us to not really have free speech anymore but i think that you guys are asking for something that you are not giving everyone else women have been censored since the beginning of time we're always told to shut up we're always like they're reinforcing this sort of idea that like our ideas aren't as important as men ideas or like oh you know we're not as smart as men are or like we should shut up i don't know i feel like i was always feeling like i should just shut up in school yeah i mean I, i can i can honestly look back to a time when i remember a girl I was dating was trying to tell me I was talking about it was like high school but I was talking about my experience on the football team and she tried to relate it back to her experience on the swim team and in my head I was like bitch please but like she had every right to like share her experience with me and I did it was probably more she was two years younger than me and I was like you don't you don't know what you're talking about just, but hold on but so I think Tasha every once in a while you're trolled um from your Kentucky social circle online by something that's so fucking ignorant that you do respond in and, and what, what 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 I've had to learn to do is to not engage on Facebook because because it hurts me a lot. Like you were, you were there when I when I said one thing and I got screen grabbed and I got um, they tried to you know public shame me. See, that's the problem. So like, so I did. So, so I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of Facebook. I'm gone. Be, so the, Tasha, this is what we're talking about, right? Like you want to you want to speak you want to speak out, right? You felt like you've been silenced from society, and I understand that, right? We should all be allowed that. We should all of us should be allowed that. The problem is like, but I but I've hold experienced on, on. it, and you guys are just now starting to experience it, and now. you're and you're saying, oh, this feels like fucking shit. These people shouldn't be allowed to shut us up, no. and it's like, well, y'all shouldn't be allowed to shut us up either. Nobody's doing that. Nobody asked you to shut up. I, I can only speak for myself in that I love having Tasha on the podcast. Like I love that I get emails. And, and social media messages from plenty of women that are like Tasha owned you feminist groups on Reddit Tasha owned and it's not and it's not a battle like who wins I'm happy to be like support Tasha she has a valuable point of view she has a unique valuable point of view and I think all what Brian you're trying to say is that I was silenced and an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind I don't want to silence anybody and I don't want to be silenced right. and I was certainly let go of that social media I had to walk away <laughs> airplane mode on the phone and go away for the weekend and it took me several days to calm down brian you seem to be okay with those conversations online i can't do it i don't have the balls i don't well here's the thing too man because uh i i've just i i just really don't want to take that approach that you've done because i understand that it used it really is a lot easier just to kind of like walk away but i want to actually engage this because i actually do want to make it uncomfortable for a lot of these people to not be able to silence someone just because they don't agree with them i feel like eventually you fight those little battles inch by inch and people just start saying like, you know what? There's people out there that don't agree with me. Yeah. But we live in LA and it's such a bubble, especially in the stand-up community out here where everyone is like, hey, if you don't agree with us, 
You know, like I've had people assume things just because I'm Mexican. They're like, they'll say things to me and I'm like, I don't agree with any of that, dude. Yeah. And they're like, what? And then it just throws them off. And why can't you be friends with someone that's not on your team with every line item issue? It's, I agree, dude. And, and I me think and my and wife, I, we don't agree on everything, dude. Especially politics. Like, we don't agree with, on a lot of stuff. Yeah, what, what's her family? I, we and we gotta get we gotta get out of here in a couple. But what's her family? Are their history as far as like are they liberal, conservative? I mean, because no, it is they're LA. More conservative. Okay, yeah. so at least you guys kind of have. Yeah, but no, but she's like, you know, she fucking hated Trump and like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's fine, you know, but we can still make it work. We still Are there make things work. you guys that you avoid talking to her about just for the sake of not ruining dinner? <laughs> like where you're just like, <laughs> I'm not going to bring this up because it's easy to talk to us. So you get to go home and, and whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Is there because like I'm touchy around the, the situation with Tasha. And what, what I've learned is that like I'm touchy because I don't want to disappoint her. But I also... I also think that we've had such an important conversation because of the podcast right. that we wouldn't have normally had. Like, like who gets to talk for well, an hour and a half? you know, they call it the comfort zone. And the only way that you really live in, that you grow is like getting outside of your comfort zone. It is important to be uncomfortable. These conversations aren't easy conversations, but it's super important to have them. So like we do ourselves a disservice by like, being avoidant i just don't want the world we've created with patreon like these private societies is that if you say something wrong and they fire you from your job and the and in whatever you're following moves to patreon to this private community where you have a huge following i mean these jordan petersons they've there's a reason like owen benjamin they have ten thousand dollars a month donated to them just to speak but they have to do it in private because they were kicked off youtube for hate speech well it's like what the fuck that's the problem too man it's like everything's working so i understand tasha what you're talking about but you have to really understand that if you have any type, and this, by the way, these are there's conservative voices out there that are actually minorities, that are actually women, that are considered enemies just because they're not toting this line that's been put out by society saying that if you talk about against these issues, you're considered a spreader of hate, all of these things. And these people are losing their jobs, they're losing their lives. They were kicked out of the Women's imagine March. If, imagine if you tweeted the wrong thing or posted it, and then all of a sudden, like, these bookings that you had lined up all of a sudden were canceled and taken away from Well, you. I do have to be afraid of that. And I feel like I've I, that's something that I learned that from suck? a young age. Yeah, it does suck, but it's about, like, you have to be conscientious. It's not about, like, what you actually mean. It's not about your intentions. It's about, like... But if you're optics, but if you're very liberal, you're allowed to say it, and we're not allowed to say it. Like if I go on stage, like if I say something, where I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm pro life, and I I believe abortion is murder. Why shouldn't I be able to say that? But that could actually be. But like I don't think losing. that anybody is telling you that you no, can't say I, that. No, I was just saying there are examples of it where people will like. There's people who are even protesting pro-life women there is a woman who put out a documentary called but the people red have pill been she... do- protesting pro-choice people for the forever they stand outside of abortion clinics and they blow up doctors i mean the the point is is no, that it's... it's happening on both <laughs> sides okay well okay yeah yeah you you both you both have good examples that are right like yeah we all want everybody to listen to our point of view but we have to do them the service of listening to their point of view too and of course only one side loses their livelihood well of course of course on either end you'll have a blown up abortion clinic like samantha b didn't lose her job dude can you imagine if 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 um because she's a cunt she gets imagine if tim Tim allen right a conservative comic or adam carolla who had a tv show on the air he was fired from his radio show he called one of the uh, uh he called obama's daughter 
a cunt. Like, imagine that, right? Assuming Obama thought it was a He would never work again, yeah. right? That's why he had to start his own podcast, by the way. And he had you to get his mean? own following. No, I totally, there's totally hypocrisy. I think on either side of the issue, that there's um, there's jihadists, right? There's there's extreme terrorists on either side. There really are. And I think what, we, what we're, to whittle it all down, is uh, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> and I think we're all in, like, agreement that, that um, free speech... Um, that the the idea to speak freely is important, and that maybe you know all of us listening and having these conversations, just don't be so quick to shut someone down who thinks a different way because they're probably and coming from a, an intelligent place. Right, and I I think Tasha, you you brought up some some great points. You definitely know the arguments well, and that's why I want to hear them. Like I really want to hear them, and I don't want you to not say what you're saying at all. And I think that. Everybody should be able to talk about the ideas out loud and everything in order to really kind of move the conversation forward instead of people just, you're right, huddling back into their own corners and then just pointing fingers and just yelling obscenity. Yeah, wouldn't it be better if like, like, so so we have Trump as president and I I get trying to overthrow him or whatever and let Miller do what he's doing, whatever, but like, wouldn't it be better if, if we treated it with a little bit of honey? where we try to get the whole country united, even if it's united under, even if it has to be united under a president we don't want, wouldn't it be better if we just go like, look, let's agree to disagree. Let's just work on the things we, like, let's find more things we, like in a, in a relationship, Tasha and I, if we're going through a rough patch, like, let's cook dinner together. Let's, let's have a little bit of teamwork. Let's do something so minimal that it's a spark that we can, like, we don't need to go build a house together. Let's just Make scalloped potatoes. We made last night. Tasha made great scalloped vegan potatoes. Thank Let's you. do something as simple as try to coexist and build upon that. And as a society, it's like I think we I think we're at a place now where we'd rather do Handmaid's Tale than we'd then then we then then actually link arms and and have a town hall discussion. But it's baby steps. It's, it's baby, baby steps. steps, and it's you know it's discussions in our podcast room. It's podcast have never been more popular. It's the easiest, dumbest, simplest MP3 file. People don't want to, you know what I mean? Like we'll, we'll sit down and watch um, Bill Maher and not agree with everything he says, but, or, but like it, it's yeah, no, having, it's, watch, I, like Bill Maher, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, it's like this, this, re- there is a revolution online of intellects having conversations that people are like, I like so, that dude. It's and, amazing. And, and that's one thing too, that I feel like, um, you know, people talk about social media, right? They're like, oh, I hate social media. It's so talk. I'm like, dude, social media is what you make it, man. Like social media has introduced me to a lot of people. It's introduced me to a lot of different groups. Um, it's introduced me to a lot of different causes that I need that I didn't know that actually needs help and support, and it really does help you know make you grow, help you learn, help you really connect with other people that are of like the same ilk, right? Or yeah. even people you don't agree with. You know what I mean? So I, you're right. I think this is what's happening. Podcasts like this, different shows online, things like that. I think that's actually helping people come together more. And I think the sad part is is that. I feel like the media knows that they're losing that grip on being able to just yeah. put something out there and everyone to buy I've into I've said it. the same exact thing yeah. is that they're the only ones profiting off of this hatred for, we have for each other. Right. And the, the thing with podcasts is that you can hear the full-on conversation. You're, we're not watching some edited Bachelor Yeah, episode. we get more than three minutes to talk about any given subject. Because, yeah, if, if, yeah. You, if you truly believe tr- – and I always use this example because it's so simple in the way it was exploited. If you really tr- truly believe Trump said all immigrants are animals – then yeah, you should hate Trump. And if you truly believe that um, yeah. that that you're killing a baby on the inside, you should be pro life. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If that's what you believe, you should be that way. But but you got to understand that other people are going to see it differently. Right, and you need to and you need to be smart and and learn that you're not always being spoon fed uh, something that's correct or it's everything's got optics. Here's and the thing: statistics dude, right? and everything can, has a story behind it. Yeah, and I don't think anybody. And this is my stance, hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent free speech absolutist. Right, I believe. Black Lives Matter should be able to have protests. I also believe the Ku Klux Klan should be able to go down Main Street and spread their hate, even though it's, you know, 18 guys who are all over 75 years old. And you're one of their enemies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like, you should be free speech for the best of causes and for the worst of causes, too, man, because... Better to see what's out there than have it be festering right. in some barn somewhere. Too, I hear a lot of people, too, they're like, well, no, Trump's in power. All of these racists are starting to come out of the woodworks. I'm like, good. Now Is you it- know who they are. Well, Here's the thing. Good, right? If if you really do believe that, good, man. You should really want all these races to be out in the open because if you're okay with them in hiding, that means you're okay with living a lie, right? You should be okay with the truth. Deep. Deep. <laughs> and, and there won't be one person out of the 40,000 million listeners, everyone subscribe on iTunes, that there isn't going to be, I, and I promise you this, one person that doesn't go, oh, he's a smart Brian's a g- good guy. No one's, you know what I mean? It's like we didn't open with you know, all of our disagreements. But on Facebook, of course, you're going to have people that, that are going to be like, dude, fuck you, man. Fuck you. And they're digging Facebook, through. Yeah. And, and these are friends of mine. They're digging through your past. They're looking for who your parents are and what their employments are. Dude. They're looking at past headshot photos to see if they can make fun of you. Dude, it is fucking arm arms Agreed. up right now. Agreed. But you're right. These are that friends just, of like, ours. It's like everybody's so lazy. And it's it goes back to the media too. Like we literally all we want is like the fifteen second version. We don't have the patience or like the the drive to like sit down and really like study an issue or like dig in or read like the long New York right. Times article. We don't want the full story because we don't have an attention span that lasts more than three minutes. So like yep. you know, we 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 see the the fifteen second clip on Good Morning America or we see the tweet and we make up our mind and that's it. Like that's the whole story when everything is more complicated than than that so it deserves a little more care you know a little more care in its discovery and i think yeah and it's one of those things they say like you can't um you can't like enlighten somebody they have to search for it so hopefully people found this podcast and you don't have to agree with everything we say of course we're all we're all you know different yet a lot of unifying thoughts that we just want people to get along and respect each other but but by all means, people go at it in a different way. Um, uh, we uh, we are trying to get featured on iTunes. So yeah, I've, yeah. I've done this crazy list of new things that I've had to do to get featured, including updating the website, Sex Actually. Yeah, crazy things I've done. I made a website, sexactuallypodcast.com. <laughs> Actually, on the homepage. Four years too late. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast. I've, uh, I've uh, I got a good SEO. i got good search engine optimization happening, which oh. means I... Uh, put a bunch of other people's famous names in the search title. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, um, if you go to sexactuallypodcast.com, there's a, a MailChimp sign up so you can sign up for the newsletter. That, that's my direct newsletter that has show dates, this and that. Um, uh, and anything you want to promote for the audience, Brian, any shows or social media, like this, this uh, will come out on Monday, like two days from now. Upcoming Monday. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of stuff on my Facebook fan page. So it's just search Brian Day, D-R-Y-A-N-D-E-Y. You can add me there on Instagram. And then my website, my website will take you to all of my social media platforms. So it's just brianday.com. 
and then you can go and find that. And, and I Brian, you're you're sure a killer. Brian's funny. We did a we did a mic together, and I was like, dude, it was me. I can't remember the third guy that went up, but the three of us. I was like, oh, we could have done that set we just did at this shit mic in the valley anywhere in the country, and I think we would have had a like a we would put together a good show. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Solid. Like we've been doing it for a bit now, so it's it's good to see that you're out there doing your thing and keep you know keep doing you, and the right people are gonna you know you know respect you. I like it, dude. Honestly, man, and I. I you know, it's kind of weird, and I know we were talking about like how we're like kind of under attack. I kind of like doing comedy behind quote unquote enemy lines a little bit. I kind of like kind of pushing the barrier a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of it's kind of fun being the underdog, right? So as much as I'm like bitching and complaining, I'm like I kind of like being the underdog a little bit. I kind of yeah. like ruffling a little bit of feathers because it feels like comedy has more stakes now. And right? they and they always said like I think it was Patrice O'Neill said that if if half the if the whole audience loves you, you're doing it wrong. And don't get me wrong, there's you're plenty. Of, there's just plenty of comics there, there's a, there's a lot of good comics like Br- brian regan and comics that everyone's gonna love because they're not pulling out those issues but for the most part comedy is is as popular as it's ever been because it's the last place where you can hear someone have their take on transsexuals for god's sake or dave some Chappelle. random yeah. yeah and like and dave Chappelle's at the you know he's at the height of of his comedy world he's he's the god of comedy right now yeah. and if and he's getting blogged about but at least he's he knows beforehand how do I how do I articulate what I want to say so that that there's humor and there's truth and comedy is about honesty more so like because people might be listening and go this is supposed to be a humor relation podcast there's nothing funny about that it's like there you, there's there's plenty of nuance <laughs> between what we're talking about that's like humor but like there's you, there's about something about being authentic and truthful before being funny or else you like you said you're a hack we can all tell a joke right but like who are you and what do you stand for. Tasha, who are you? Tasha Courtney at uh, on Instagram. Anything else you want to promote, Tasha? Nope. So um, we are. Yeah, go to the web. Go to the website, and um, also, I don't care what app you listen on. If you're listening and you have an iPhone or an or an Apple or an uh, iPad, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, feel free to retweet the treat that promotes Apple Podcasts. These are all the little things that they ask for to get featured. So we're literally doing that all. It's the daddy issue. I think we've all got daddy issues. Daddy issues. Let's take back daddy issues. It's a good thing. We've all been we've all been influenced by our fathers, whether they were present or not. <laughs> but uh, for all the fathers that are out there, uh, from all of us, Happy Father's Day. That's happy the episode, Father's everybody. Father's Thanks for coming Day. on. I appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks for the invite. All right, everyone, go follow Brian on uh, on all his social media. He's uh, big things in the future for all of us. And uh, that's it. So, bye, everybody. Bye.